Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hey, hey, Dr. Liz here. I think you're going to truly enjoy this very unique episode with Ralph Havens. He does some live healing work with me. He really specializes in autoimmune disorders, and I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder. So when his information came through, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So it'll be interesting to do something like that live. He has a physical therapy degree, and then he completed extensive study in alternative therapies, including joint and soft tissue mobilization, craniosacral therapy, and energy medicine. Currently, he's the founder and owner of Ralph Havens Physical Therapy in Bellingham, Washington, as well as Beyond Limits and Magic, Miracles, Healing, and more. Isn't that a wonderful company name? He just has such wonderful energy to him. I think you're going to hear that come through in the interview. And although I don't give you the visual while we're going, you can imagine him on the screen with his hands sort of making these circles and moving around as his intuitive powers come into the interview. So hopefully that visual for you helps a little bit. All right. I hope everyone is healthy and safe and has a wonderful week. Peace. Hi, Ralph. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Oh, thank you, Dr. Liz. I'm so glad to be here. So happy to be here. Thank you. Yes. So I have somewhat of a surprise question for you. I saw that you went to Texas A&M. I did. <laughs> did you grow up in Texas? I did. Um, a little, um, not that little of a town, uh, 20,000 people, Del Rio, Texas, Southwest Texas. Del Rio, Texas. Okay. And then you went to TWU, Texas Women's. I did. It was the University. only school um, in Texas that had a master's program for physical therapy. So I thought, well, that's the school. Great. Well, I grew up in Texas as well. I went to UT Austin, which is the arch rival. The arch rival. Of oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Texas <It's>, A&M. <laughs> most of my family went to, my, my niece and nephew went to Austin. And um, I, the only, it's so funny. I didn't, um, I, later I was like, wow, how did I not go to Austin? Because it's such a great town. But, um, but, you know, I went to Austin a lot and it's, um, yeah. yeah, it's an amazing place. It is. So how did you end up from in Washington State from Texas. Oh man, that is the basic hero story. Basically, um, I, I didn't want to live and die in Texas. I thought that was my mantra. And so my girlfriend at the time was a physical therapist. We graduated at the same time. And I said, I'm moving to Southern California. I'm moving to California because that's what you do, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. so we ended up moving to, um, to San Diego. And, um, and I always wanted, since I was in, out in West Texas, um, to live in the Northwest where all the trees were. It's just like, I'm a runner. And I just was so like, I'm going to live there someday, but it didn't feel like I was going to do that. Um, I thought, well, maybe I'll have a second home up there. And I have a friend that's in Vancouver, um, BC. And, and I went there a lot, but, um, but I had a, a, a successful physical therapy practice in San Diego. 
but um but what happened long story short i got really sick and mm. um and i got really really depressed and i had severe bone pain and all of my magic stuff all my healing stuff all the therapists i had working for me all the therapists that i went to the doctors even people were saying go make sure you don't have cancer um nobody could figure it out and after, long story short, after about a year and a half, I figured out it was fluoride that had started being put in the, mm. in the water. And I looked it mm -hmm. up and it's like, sure enough, it causes bone pain, depression, kidney problems, all sorts of things, all the things I had. So I had to figure out how to um, clean up my water supply and then how to detox myself. And another half year went by and I, I figured that out. And as a result, because I um, did the research, I saw, oh my goodness, 600% um, increase in bone cancer if little boys grow up in a place that's fluoridated water. So, um, so we wow. looked around and said, where doesn't it happen? And it's Vancouver and it's Portland and um, Seattle fluoridates, but Bellingham was um, voting on it right then and voted no. And, and so we took six months off and shut down the entire practice and, um, and then went up here and, and we actually lived out by Mount Baker with well water. It's considered the best water in the U S it's won awards for that. And, um, and so water is what got me up here. And ah. yeah, I figured that part out. So now I know how to look for it and how to find it. And the cool thing is there's a lawsuit right now in the U.S. that's very close to finishing out. And um, it looks like we're going to win and get fluoride out of all the water in the U.S. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I am obviously aware that it's it's been a problem for a long time, but I didn't realize that a lawsuit's about to go through. Yeah, huh. it's really big. It's exciting. Wow. and they, they, It's like some more information came to light over the last few years and, and Journal of American Medical Association um, just came out with a big, there was a big podcast of the two editors, the pediatric and the, um, the main editor of Journal of American Medical Association. And they were talking, yeah, we, in medical school, we were just told that it was um, safe and you're gonna get a lot of pushback from some parents, but it's just, it's the best public policy ever. They didn't look at the 50 studies that said it's really not good. But finally, there was mm -hmm. a study a few years ago or some time ago, and they were talking about it, how it lowers IQ on par with lead in children. And so they're wow. like, oh my God, what do we do with this? And so um, there's a fluoride, um, fluoride Action Network that's been working very hard to get this information out to Congress and, and everybody. And, and, um, and the lawsuit is just about done because this extra um, um, peer-reviewed research that showed, yeah, it, for, if a woman's pregnant and she's drinking fluoridated water, it lowers IQ on par with lead. And it took 10 years to get lead out of the gasoline after we found out it was bad. So, um, so we're about to shift this. It's exciting. Wow, that is exciting. So how did you go from physical therapy? I know that's your background and a, you had a physical therapy practice to more of a spiritual healer. Yeah, that was, that was another journey. And um, what happened was I um, had some really great, I've seemed to find great mentors or people that inspire me and, and make me go, wow. And I had a guy in San Diego, Encinitas, um, Neil Sturman, he's still up there. And he, um, he was getting results from this weird stuff called cranial sacral therapy and visceral manipulation, this osteopathic approach that I wasn't getting. And I thought, I don't know what he's doing, but I got to learn it. So I, was, I just made it a rule set that um, I would test everything beforehand and then um, do whatever I did and then retest right away and see um, what was different. So I could just start to get clinical um, information instead of just like, depending on what people said, the science was, um, what, what was valid. And so I started mm -hmm. like that. And then, um, in 2000, February, 2000, I met Sharon Giamatteo and she late Sharon Giamatteo, she passed away a few years ago and she, um, and her husband, Tom and um, daughter, Ayelette 
they um, were physical therapists. He was also, he's also a chiropractor. And what interested me about them was they, um, the first class I took, they could just look at you from across the room and tell you your history, your medical history, everything, and say, here, wow. do this technique, this technique, this technique. And my body, after doing that three-day class, was so much better. And I thought, oh my God, this is it. So that led to 10 years of um, studying with her in 110 classes all over the US and Canada. And by osmosis and also by training, I got to see that you can um, notice stuff even if somebody's around the world. She had clinics all over the world and people would just call her. I was one of them. They would just call her and say, hey, I have so-and-so on the table. Um, and she would instantly, like there's a teleprompter, just read off what's going on and how to, in her words, she would say, fix it up, which is a Texas thing, just fix and tune. Uh-huh. So, um, <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, so, um, so I learned that. And then um, I met another person from Seattle, wild person, um, Richard Bartlett, chiropractor and naturopath. And he had a gift that was just basically bestowed to him, which happened or happened, I guess. And, um, and he was starting to be able to like just, um, people would be healed from stuff just by being around him. And, um, and so he tried to teach it. And I had a friend that took that class early on and she's like, I don't know what they did. They were laughing all the time. And I don't even know if I learned anything, but um, some people figured out how to help teach it. And, um, and so I took about 35 of those classes over years since 2009. And I saw that you not only could you see things at a distance, you could, um, to, to say do is the, quite the wrong word, but there was a way to access um, information and energy, so whatever you want to call this, this unexplained thing, and then retest right away and see observable changes. So I started to see that you could do things at a distance. And so um, when we had all that turmoil with me and my health, um, I knew I could do stuff to help people at a distance from around the world. I just didn't know how to bring it to the world. So I met a bunch of other people that kind of helped me along that way. And yeah, some of them showed me some healing techniques that are even beyond that. So it's been just a journey of testing on myself and my clients and friends and family and, um, and just seeing what works. Okay, fascinating. I love it. I love hearing how people get to where they are, you know, and how it evolves. Um, I know you're a specialist in autoimmune disorders. Can we talk about that some? Of course. And, you know, of course, disclaimer, nothing is guaranteed and, and we can't presume to know who's on the call or if they would do anything or, you know, people need to go to their own healthcare practitioners and absolutely educational, but it's what's worked for me. And I have to also say, you know, my training is physical therapy. So I'm not like a doctor or a naturopath, um, chiropractor, Mm -hmm. but I've been trained by a lot of them. What I, what I've got though, is I've, I've helped um, myself get over lifelong, what was lifelong until age 37 anxiety and a weird sweaty hand problem. And I I got a story about um, getting over a running injury that was really a heart problem. So I figured it out. And then because I've been with people that have shown me this, um, we've seen miracles in that with those kind of diagnoses. Um, But it's like, it's, it's, um, so it's, it's kind of, um, I've figured it out kind of thing. I, I know how to get there. So yeah, uh-huh. expert, I guess you could say that in that I've, um, I've seen what works for me and my clients. Yes, yes. And I hear you on the disclaimer. I mean, I do a hypnosis technique, core healing technique, which my mentor has healed autoimmune and this type of thing. But she always says, like when we're not doctors, I'm not a medical doctor. I have a a doctorate in psychology, clinical psychology, but I'm not a medical doctor. But also the way that I put it to people is if there's emotional or psychological origins to it, then we can usually do some work on it. It's not guaranteed, 
Um, but typically if that's the origins, then yeah, we work on the healing level there. And sometimes that means it goes away. I have seen that. Sometimes it means that you need less medication. Sometimes it means that you take care of yourself better so that you do get the proper medications and the proper food and nutrition and you begin to really value yourself in a different way. So um, so I hear you on that. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, all right. We're on the same page. I find yeah. the mental, emotional, spiritual blocks are key. And a lot of times what used to not work, a diet or some sort of treatment then does work or sometimes it just changes without something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it is the first time I read about autoimmune being emotional in origin was shocking to me. Honestly, it was in um, Vander Kolk's book, the body keeps the score. And he had studied hundreds of women with a history of abuse. And it's like when he compared to with, them to women without a history of abuse, the autoimmune disorders were like off the scale, you know, even in a controlled study. So that was really the first time I had heard about it. And I was just like, wow, had no idea. Just always assumed it was physical. That's it. You know, genetic, right? Yeah. That's it. There's nothing to really do about it except treat it or manage it. And that's it. And then this was a whole new perspective that opened up to me. Yeah. Yeah. That matches what I've seen with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've even got a story about that for myself. It's kind of funny how we learn through our own bodies a lot of times. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I had mentioned to you before we started meeting, like in the email that I have Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder. And so I'm wondering if you if you want to do some work around that. I don't typically do that on the podcast. People also don't usually offer. And like in the email, when your publicist came through, she's like, oh, he, he'll often like work on people during the interview. Yeah. And I was like, that's fantastic. Okay, let's go for it. There was just sort of this intuitive click in me that said, let's go yes. for it. I'm, I'm all yeah. up for that. And, and what we can do, which is really fun, is if anybody wants to notice what's different in themselves after this interaction, after um, Dr. Liz and I talk, um, it's really fun to hear what's different for people. So it's a, mm-hmm. it's an interesting phenomenon. Everybody's soaking in it. But yeah, I'd love to tell you um, um, what I see and um, a way to continue to shift this because I see it already. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. So if you're listening, just take a moment now to just notice what's going on in your body right now. To notice any areas that need softening, maybe holding tension, maybe are a little creaky, or even areas that are perhaps even in more pain, so that we can notice a difference afterwards. Awesome. All right. So let me just feel how I want to, because I see it already. So there's a phenomenon. I like to tell it this way. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. So there's a phenomenon that happens um, where the um, everybody's body, including um, Dr. Liz's, including yours, um, including yours, is doing the absolute best it can do at any given moment. And so you think, well, well come on, how, I've got all these issues going on. And um, what it's doing is trying to protect you. It's doing its best to protect you. And it's kind of like when I was um, back years ago, I couldn't run and I kept having this muscle spasm that happened five minutes into a run. And I was used to running 70, 80, 90 miles a week, partly because I just love to run and compete, but also because I had severe anxiety and a really weird sweaty hand problem. Um, and um, so it helped me somewhat calm down. And, mm-hmm. and, um, 
and but I couldn't run now. And so I was like really, really beyond frustrated because I thought of myself as a runner and I was a runner and I still am a runner now. But I went to a therapist that had this way that we're um, playing right now. Some of the stuff I don't have or that I have right now that she didn't have. She put one hand on my foot and said, you got a problem with your heart. And I said, whoa. whoa. And so she worked on me for two hours. And after eight months of not being able to run, two days later, I went for a run and it was totally good. So it was another level of, I got to learn this. And um, that was the 110 class thing. And what was cool is I got treatment and my anxiety started to go away. And then it really went away. And then it went away so much that I was um, like, didn't want to tell anybody because I was afraid it would come back. And then it was like, well, this thing is really (laughs) gone. That's okay. And, um, Uh And what's also cool is my teeth quit having cavities. And um, so I had cavities and root canals and all sorts of stuff up until age 37. And now I'm 61 and I haven't had any kind of dental stuff. So, so the body in its wisdom will protect you. And once you clear that thing, it no longer needs to protect you and it'll get on to healing. It's kind of like having a cut that um, if it doesn't heal, you know, it's not like you need stitches are going to heal it. If it's not healing, it's not healing. Um, maybe you could have three or four or five, who knows how many different reasons. It might be dirty. It might be infected. It might be somebody needs um, to get their diabetes under control, their blood sugar. But once you shift that, then the body heals, you know, God heals. So, mm-hmm. so what we're seeing is um, what's hap- what is, what's the reason, what's your body protecting you from? And so what I see with um, Dr. Liz is a very common thing for autoimmune, and this could change your life right now. I'm going mm-hmm. to tell you. So, there's a phenomenon in the right side of the colon and it's so the right side of the colon is called the cecum and the little um, small intestine that comes into the right side of the colon is called the ileocecal, the, um, the small intestine and right where the valve where the small intestine meets the large intestine is called the ileocecal valve. And that's what we call the um, reflexogenic home base of um, gluten. So we've heard of gluten and there's gluten-free diets, mm-hmm. but there's an interesting phenomenon. So my teacher, Sharon G. Mateo, was the one that first showed me and she showed me how to find it and how to shift it. And so we're playing with that with Dr. Liz and with anybody else that has any kind of condition of any type, whatever your, um, whatever your body's protecting you from, let's just put, that's already in the mix. So, so the funny thing about gluten is if you um, get off of gluten, but once a month you have a little bit because it's like, come on, it can't be that bad. It doesn't work at all. Uh-huh. Really funny. But if you get off, and this is um, in the clinical research with um, that the peer-reviewed research has said, yeah, if you have a teeny bit of gluten, they call it 20 parts per million once a month, this doesn't work. But if you can find all the hidden pieces in gluten, like the hair products, the lotions, the soaps, um, the supplements, the, um, the ingredients that are on the label that don't look like gluten, if you can find all of them, this is one of the things I do because people come in and say, I've been gluten-free for years. It's like, oh, you're going to communion once a week. Let's go to a gluten-free wafer. I've seen 20 uh-huh. pain go away with that. And so, so if you can, um, you can go gluten-free and just give it your own um, trial, <laughs> trial by jury. Um, but uh, the 12. Yeah, I went gluten-free. Oh, last awesome. year. I went grain-free. Oh, that's last, awesome. So you're already. May of 2019. But I will say very occasionally I'll have a bite yeah. because I'll be like, oh, what? Exactly like that. Oh, like, it's... what is one bite going to matter? Literally one bite, yeah. you know? And that's the secret. But, um, that's the but secret. I have not checked products. Yeah, I yeah. Really and when I checked yeah. hair products, I was so bummed because I liked my hair product. But um, when I started to put it back on, I would um, get darkness under my eyes instantly. And I would feel a little mm-hmm. brain foggy and a little like, um, uh. so, um, so it's kind of funny. 
So that that's a that's a um, a thing to do, and I see that shifting for Dr. Liz. And then the other thing I see right now, and there's um, every it, all judgment is self judgment. So we all have stuff like this. So it's not like I'm saying um, it's all it's all, and it, I don't even have to say it. It's just that it's kind of cool to give a play by play of um, as I see this shift. And so what I see is. Um, I guess I'll say it like this. It's, um, how do I say it? So there's symbols that I see. And there's one symbol that I'm seeing that um, is a malfeasance thing. So like somebody mm-hmm. doing something um, bad to somebody on purpose. That's the version mm-hmm. that I see. But there's another part of the cecum that's interesting, the process center. So the heart is about love and it's about sadness and the liver is about, you know, anger and codependency, but it's also about um, path and purpose and, the kidneys are about fear and anxiety, but it's also about alert excitement for life. And, you know, the lungs are about letting go of grief and sadness, but um, also about the joy of life. So there's all these processes in the body. The body kind of, um, it's not like everything's so set in stone like that, but, um, but um, the body kind of knows and it kind of processes different things in different places commonly. Mm-hmm. And so what I see is a, um, a thing that um, is kind of like a light martyr-ish Thing. Like mm-hmm. kind of like um, the, the description that Sharon would tell us is like a, a little grandmother that's sitting in the dark and the grandkids come in and go, hey, granny, let's turn on the lights for you. We're going to go out and play. And she's like, oh, don't worry about me. I'll be fine. And she's not going to be fine. <laughs> she's not going to be fine. But, but she wants them to feel a little something. And so there's a little mm-hmm. something like that. So I'm noticing that shift. And um, let's just turn it into mm-hmm. an accordion. I don't know why, but it's really important. Okay. So, so let's see. So now, is there anything else to play with here? Now that I've been going into this crazy little mode. So when you say that, do you mean like um, me taking on the martyr-ish or like someone in my life taking on the martyr-ish? It's interesting. Because when you typically see- that it's like a, I'll tell you, it's a um, very much a, uh, a trigger for, I don't always like that term, but it's a, Martyr is a trigger for me, and I do my best to stay out of it. Yeah, you know, when like, you said that, it felt like the other not, one. Yeah, empower themselves is like, oh, like very frustrating. Oh, this is for me. This is shifting you know? so big. Yeah, it, it was the yeah. second version of that that you said. Um, yeah, yeah. What's the second version? The one that you said. It's it's not like your martyr thing. It's your um your um someone in my life. Yeah. And it feels uh, now it feels like a big willow tree, and willow oh. trees are cool because willow trees um, have a lot of protection. Like uh-huh. the, the microbes underneath the willow tree, what willow tree roots do? They're um, they're tough. <laughs> they, uh-huh. they they know the difference between them and other other stuff, and they're really got some some um, cool protection. So I'm going to bring that in. I'm not when I say I'm going to bring it in. Beautiful. It's not true. Yeah. Um, because more of what how this plays out is I get to be the play by play announcer as I see it happen. So it's uh-huh. kind of in that spiritual truth of by the time you've answered, asked, I've answered. So um, uh-huh. so I'm just kind of talking because it's kind of fun to talk. But um, yeah, yeah. Now what I notice is, like, um, it feels like all the little bugs that have been hiding out in the back of that um, colon. Oh my goodness, yeah. So I'm just noticing a lot of um. What do I notice? It's like um, 
it's a feeling that's, that's shifting like these little bugs. Um, so the consciousness is in your bacteria too. So um, when stuff gets released, that's why, you know, you have a big detox and all of a sudden some big sadness might come up around something that happened when you were a little kid. It's in your, it's in your cells. It's in your fat. As it gets released, it might come up. It's not mm-hmm. important to, to remember it or to have an epiphany around it, but sometimes they show up. And, um, and if you just worked at just trying to find an epiphany, that's like, and even if you figured it out, it's like the booby prize. One of my coaches said, you know, it didn't fix it. That's why hypnosis is so good because you can bypass those things and dreams. I've got, I, I did hypnosis with dreams. I love your, your podcast mm-hmm. about dreams and, and that. So, um, so I'm noticing um, the bacteria and whatever that is, their consciousness, their, um, their hopes and dreams, their stuff, how they were hurt. And, um, and now it's shifting. I'm getting my image for hormonal. Uh-huh. And it's kind of funny. We all get these images. We just don't um, always um, associate them with stuff, but you don't have to associate them. Sometimes associating them with stuff and saying it's hormonal, it's not really limiting it. Like, how do you limit God? Mm-hmm. But, it's, um, but it's so much bigger than whatever we might think it is. Mm. Okay, now... Oh, so interesting. So now I'm getting what's called a done window, not a D-U-N-N, a D-O-N-E. I have to clarify that because there was this one guy that um, that um, was showed how to do shown how to do this um, stuff. Matrix energetics was part of what I do or use, and um, and he tried to make it so hard. He just didn't believe it was so easy. And so when I say done, I gotta go. No, not that done. The D-O-N-E done. So, but I'm getting my done window. And it's kind it's coming, it's interesting. It's like um it's coming in as a symbol, which how a lot of this comes in for, for me, of um Goldilocks. Goldilocks. But um her Goldilocks um came around and then made a big heart. So we could put all sorts of words around it and say, oh, everything is just right. Not to hold, not to cut, hormonal balance. But um, but it's like that's our mind trying to like make some mm, sense, which is cool. Yeah. But um what it, what I'm feeling is um oh that's complete so so we could do more but then I would say oh okay that was first session we can do more but uh-huh. it'll be fun to see um what shifts for you yeah then. well that's fascinating because the the Goldilocks image totally first of all the willow tree image really resonated with me it, as a um a symbol of my my uh, daughter I call her the red haired teen or the blue haired teen or sometimes the pink haired teen you know. <laughs> It's my older daughter who's really been struggling and she is very much the willow tree and, you know, just flows, right? Like the Mississippi river that that's her, you know, oh, that's <laughs> like awesome. Very flowy. Yes. And um, so the, she immediately popped to mind when you said that. And then, and sometimes she will take on like a martyrish dance, you know, like, but, but she's also, I think she's trying to figure a lot of stuff out, but she's very much an advocate of the movements going on and she's getting involved politically, like all kinds of big shifts happening in her life. Well, this so, will be cool. It'll be cool to see how this um, shifts for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, help, yeah. Help you. And then you're of course connected to her. Um, yeah. Cause the willow tree, if you look at the, um, how it works, it's a strong thing, man. And it's got, con- it, 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 doesn't take um, 
crap from other, other organisms. Yeah, so, right. She doesn't. Yeah, oh, wow. it's true. Yeah. Oh, how cool. So, but the, the other part of it is I had my gallbladder out in March of this year. Oh. And so it, it's been... It, the Goldilocks image definitely related to my colon because it's sort of like, all right, what's going to happen today? Is it going to be just right or is it going to be too much or is it going to be too <laughs> like all oh, this so stuff awesome. going on? Trying to like, okay, what do I need to take to help regulate this whole bile process in my body better? Which I will say, like, I've had a fantastic result. Like, I some people end up miserable after their gallbladder is removed and. I did not. I am very happy I got taken out. But at the same time, it's, there's still some uh, regulation I got to figure out there yeah. about bile quality even and, you know, how it relates to hormonal shifts in me and all of that good stuff. So that's fascinating. You picked up on that. That's the the valve um I think they call it a sphincter, right? The yeah. ilio iliocecal valve yeah. is, a, is one of the sphincters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been on my radar for uh, over a year. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So there's some more shifts happening in the left side of the colon now, which is the valve of Houston is over there. So it's mm -hmm. funny. It's called the valve of Houston. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's continuing to shift because what the body does with hormones and stuff is, um, the liver has a lot to do with hormones and it has, I think some, I think 500 or 700 functions that they know about, but um, detoxes things. And it, then it um, lets the flow of blood back up into the heart. But if there's too much toxins, it'll in its wisdom, will say, no, we're not going to let it go through um, the liver. So then the puffiness in the belly happens and it's not doing all of its functions. So it doesn't turn as much cholesterol into the sex hormones. So then sexual um, hormones are off balance. But you and the, the colon can um, start some constipation things and doesn't want to release stuff. And so, um, so this is I'm noticing this shift and flow coming through your liver. And, um, yeah. and then there's a, a nice um, portal so that um, toxins um, are going that way. So that even without um, a physical gallbladder, it's still got the, um, the ability to let things come up through through the body and not just hang out in the belly. Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Most people after gallbladder removal struggle with diarrhea, but oh. for me, it's the opposite. It's the constipation. That's like, the size you of hit it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You absolutely hit it. The other thing that happened is I was diagnosed with non-alcoholic fatty liver, actually like mm. rarely drink, but it was resolved. So when I went grain free and I began to eat low carb and everything and it completely went away. That's so awesome. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. But the liver, you know, it's such a big, well, it's a huge organ in our body, right? Like, yeah. I remember when this displays the wrong word, uh, installation, an art installation came along. This is about 10 years, maybe more, 15 years ago. But it was it traveled the country actually where it was human corpses 
and you could see all of the musculature, all of the organs. I saw that a few times. Yeah. That was, yes. I don't remember the official name of it, but it was amazing. And I remember being struck by how huge the liver was. Like in my mind, it was this tiny little organ about the size of an orange or something. And then the reality, it was like, oh my God, that is like half your body practically, you know? So it's so interesting to me that the liver came up in in your intuition because it's absolutely involved in the bile and the function of everything there. And when you have a gallbladder and, you know, where everything's stored and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. cool. It's still shifting. So this is awesome. Very cool. So that's typically how you would work with someone is just using the intuitive process, what you see, the symbols coming up. That's part of it. And then, yeah, that's part of it. That's a big part of it. But there's another part, um, there's a few parts, because sometimes it's kind of like um, with me with fluoride, I just had to figure out the toxin. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I was doing all this amazing stuff and it wasn't fixing up. And it's like, oh, quit putting fluoride in your body and then take um, boron and magnesium. And three days later, I was back to running and it's like, oh, let's move. Things are good. So, um, and it's kind of like um, a couple of ulcerative clients that um, had ulcerative colitis and we were another, another one with GI stuff, really severe stuff. and. Um, and nothing was helping with it. And um, and a couple of them, we found that they were just sitting around. They had their cell phone by their bed. And so mm-hmm. we turned that off and got them off of Wi-Fi. And, and all that bleeding and all that problem went away. Another one was doing um, internal, a little, um, a little essential oil, taking a little essential oil inside. But I was like, oh, my God, just like you're taking an antibiotic every day. And we stopped that. And it all went mm-hmm. away and sleep improved. And so... It's like it can be um, intuitive and shift stuff, but um, mm-hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. like, man, if there's some toxin that your body's trying so hard to protect you from, let's shift that. You know, that's yeah. useful too. And then there's another piece that's um, really cool because hypnosis is so valuable. And mm-hmm. um, and so my version of um, the men- mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, not that I've developed, but developed through me and from a lot of teachers and one in particular that was really influential um, I had missed it for 17 years because my Qigong teacher had been telling me this for 17 years. And when I finally got it, I was like, oh my God, he's been telling me this for 17 years. And so, so um, yeah. like, um, like I, I have this one um, hypnosis story. I went to a guy, Alan Matez in San Diego, a, a DO, an osteopath, and he would use dream therapy. So I would um, you install the thing that I would wake up in the middle of the night and write down my dream in great detail and then come uh-huh. back and then he would hypnotize me. And, um, and then I would, he would ask me what the dream was about. And oh, it helped a lot of my um, anxiety come way down and my sweaty hands got much better. Didn't completely. So you would answer under hypnosis what, what the, the dream, dream was, was about. all about. Like, what was that red parrot all about? It's like, oh, well, that was about this. Oh, cool. <laughs> but he would have your description? Because I had yeah. written it down and given it to him. You had written it down. He would have the description. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. I've never done that type of work. But that is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, hypnosis is such a fascinating process to me because some things can become clear. And what I tell people is, you know, we know that people actually can suppress all kinds of memories, right? And that they can get clear under hypnosis. That doesn't mean, though, that it's necessarily all accurate. But to me, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not the lawyer. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm not your lawyer. I don't need evidence here. <laughs> it doesn't need to be proven in the court. Yeah. What I am really interested in is your perspective and what your subconscious decided about it. And then healing any kind of beliefs that are 
toxic to you, that are mistaken beliefs that aren't functioning for you in your life. So, um, and you know, it, it's super effective for all kinds of GI things. It like is. IBS and CD, all of that and reflex and all kinds of systems in the body. So I think it's a different way to work. It, it's an but awesome it, way to work. It is, but it's very intuitive. Like when you're talking about the symbols, it's like I'll often see images, symbols come into my mind when I'm working with someone. And often at the end of a, a healing session, I'll ask, see, well, not ask, I'll suggest, like, see if any symbol appears to you. And more often than not, like 99% of the time, symbols will appear to them. And sometimes it's the same symbol that I saw. Or a version so, that is real similar where it's like, oh, we were yes. looking at the same information. Absolutely. Yes. So awesome. Yeah, I really related to that when you're saying I've seen symbols here. Yeah. And so oh. part of what I what I found is um from that from Qigong and then but also some of the later healers and coaches that showed me this was um what we've I love is this um this way to um the way we think about this part is well, first I'll tell us. I like to tell a story. It's okay if I tell a little short story. So I had a a lady that um, came to see me and she had um, a lot of stuff we were working on, business stuff, family stuff. um, Didn't really think that she was working on much physical stuff, but she wanted to learn this woo-woo stuff. She was a therapist. And and so I started to, I wanted, I saw her in person. I was going to go touch her ankle because I wanted to clear this um, phenomenon that happens when somebody's in a car wreck that she had many, many, many years ago. And she wouldn't, she said, do not touch my foot. And I, I could feel this cushion Whoa. of air, like, oh, yeah, don't touch your foot. And so I said, what oh. happened again in that car wreck? And turns out when she was a teenager, almost lost her foot and a lot of bot oh. surgeries. And ever since then, she was in her 40s. Ever since then, she would um, it would pop out of place and she would fall oh. throughout the day a few times a day. And, wow. um, and so so I said, OK, so I showed her this one thing and I had her do it. And I can um, show you guys, tell you guys about it in a sec. But um, but after she did it, she for like a, an hour. She, um, she said, you know, I think you could touch my foot. And I didn't feel the cushion. And I uh-huh. touched her foot. And I did this technique just to take out some physical trauma in her, in her body. Um, I don't think that. Anyway, so, um, so she came back like the next session a week later. And her foot had never, didn't pop out again. And it, was, it had never popped out again after that. So the mental and emotional anguish of this teenager around this foot, um, the body was protecting her from that. And like, do not touch my foot. And so what we did I'll give you the short version and um, there's ways that people can um, it's, it's a skill and mm-hmm. kind of skill that one of my teachers says, the reason most people don't do it is because it's so simple. And I'm mm. like, what? So, but yeah, it's true. <laughs> they'll talk themselves out of it. I had one lady that had a, a, a kidney problem considering surgery and she did this for a week and came back and I, she's like 80% better, 75, 80% better. She goes, yeah, it was this um, energy work that I was doing with my friend. And I'm like, you've been doing energy work with your friend for two years. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I had to like tell her like, no, it was this thing you did. So basically what it is, is, you know, there's all sorts of thoughts and beliefs and programming and it, what happened and all the stuff that we know and stuff that we don't know, physical stuff. But there's a, a feeling and you know, this kind of stuff is like, it gets suppressed and we don't want to feel that. Like if you get betrayed, it hits you in your gut and your heart and it's physical and you don't want to feel that. You'll do anything to not feel that. You'll take drugs, you'll go run, you'll talk to your friends, you'll drink wine. You'll do anything to, to not feel that pain. You'll date more people. You know? it's like, uh-huh, and so, yeah. so um, But what we do with this is we go and we feel it. 
And so we just feel it completely. And it's kind of like when my um, boy Baden was born, he great pregnancy, great birth. And, um, and he came out and for the first 10 minutes or more, he cried and cried and cried and cried. And my wife, Jen, was like, oh, look, he's telling us the story of what happened. You know, Aww. I was compressed and then this happened and that happened. And he was just like going Aww. on and on and on. And then he was done and then he latched on. And it's kind of like mm -hmm. that with these emotions. If we go in and we just feel them directly without um, naming them, kind of like a baby doesn't have words for what's happening. And we just experience it and experience it and experience it and experience it. At some point, it's done being experienced and felt. And we may never know what it was all about, but all these thoughts and beliefs and programs in an instant are gone. And we, the way we know that is because we come in and we say, hey, how's your foot now? And she's like, I can, you can touch it. Yeah, I have no charge around it. I, you know, and it's like, okay, let's touch it. Wow, you can touch it. It's like, what happened to all those thoughts, beliefs, programs? You didn't know what just went away. So, so what I encourage people to do is, like my friend who had a, a near-death experience, I said, what was it like? And he said, well, it was like I knew everything and I was everything. And I said, what advice do you have for people? And he said, just shut up and listen. And so he yeah. said it with a smile. But, um, <laughs> but it's kind of yeah. like that. So it's like, a, you know, whatever causes our buttons to be pushed, if we can go inside and just really sit with it without trying to run away from it and not even try to fix it not even try to get a symbol or anything. Symbols might come, mm -hmm. but just sit with it like a baby that's crying. It will run itself out and it can be really fast. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Well, we are coming to the end of our time. Can you please tell people how to find you if they'd like to work with you or see more about you? Thank you, Dr. Liz. Yes, of course. One way is um, Ralph Havens. That's my name, R-A-L-P-H-H-A-V-E-N-S.com. Um, mm -hmm. forward slash true healing. And what that is, is a lot of, it's a resource page with lots of free stuff. So it's got that technique for um, going inside and feeling it. Um, it's got a, the whole book that I wrote up about how to, how I got rid of my anxiety and sweaty hands, but it's also how to just get healthy just, mm -hmm. um, and it's got some other stuff. It's got ways to um, interact with me. There's a, a lot of stuff. So yeah, ralphhavens.com mm -hmm. forward slash true healing would be a good way to check it out. RalphHavens.com forward slash true healing. Yes. Okay, fantastic. That'll be in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. I just so enjoyed speaking with you and for the healing. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was um so fun. I was so excited when I started listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be good. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. 
Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.